Capable, the podcast. Uh, this is episode five, I believe. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Fiona. And I'm Miranda. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took Are you sure you're I'm Miranda? I'm trying not to burp. You can burp all you want. It's become a thing. Girl, this is your room. Okay, I just did, you, but it was real quiet. You, bur- you burping in the show has become like a staple of the show. Oh, good. A lot it's of not a full episode. Wait of a whole week just to hear you burp in the microphone. Call myself a bitch. A burp, burp. bitch. Burping ass burping. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 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 okay. Who are you? Nick. Oh, I'm Nicholas. Oh, yep. I'm Nicholas. We're sticking with Nicholas. Mm. Two weeks in a row. Oh. Remember? No, mm-hmm. brain damage. Uh, wow. That was Miranda. No. That was Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Honestly, half of the people it's that the listen. Laughing. There's like eight people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> now there's four. <laughs> um, this week was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about it. Okay. I know um, our mother kind of stole my thunder. <laughs> I hope she's listening. Well, should we first talk about the first trial we were a part of? Let's do that. Okay. So, like I don't know how many of you know about medical trials, but my sister and I have a rare form of MD that's not actually based in the same issue that other forms of MD might be, whereas other forms might be more of a literal, like, muscle atrophy or dystrophy. Ours is based in our nervous system and mitochondria. Um, But... I don't even know if I'm making sense. The point is that because it's so rare and there is no cure, that there are very specific medical trials out there that are looking for people who are generally as mild as we are. Yeah. Like, because we can still move on our own and we don't have to use chairs. Is uh, that theory... I'm sorry. I'm going to ask questions. Yeah. Um, is the theory behind, like, wanting more mild... Uh, I'm going to say patience, mm-hmm. if you will, for these trials, uh, because it'd be easier to, like, see results. Right, because it's easier okay. to test our movement and see if we're able to sustain our movement for longer. And I think that if we were in the more severe stages of our disease, which, listener, we will get to those stages. We're not saying that that will never happen to our bodies, but because we're as mild as we are, the onset. You trying to like you sneak okay? around? The I don't want to hit the microphone with my head. I mean, There's nothing more dangerous. <laughs> 
You did it expertly, but that yeah. was really funny. <laughs> I the mic. Do you know how many times I burnt myself just sneezing? <laughs> you have to really prep yourself. Have you ever yeah. been like, anytime I'm like holding a drink and I'm about yeah. to sneeze, I do a weird face and now Nick knows yeah. he takes whatever I'm holding. Grab whatever glasses. No, I'll be sitting like in a 12-step meeting where it's quiet <laughs> while holding a cup of coffee. <laughs> And I'll look to the person beside me, and they'll see the sheer terror in my eyes. <laughs> no escape. And I'll just hold my cup towards them, and they've all learned to like panic and grab it as fast as they can. That's hilarious. Yeah, I I, I found the panic phase from Fiona. We'll get to a story in a little bit about why we were on an airplane, but she sneezed on an airplane and and, and had one of the seat in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> and like I could see through the like the little gap between the rows, and when I looked, <laughs> this woman had like the worst scowl on her face. Like why? She thought you just had like, you, might, you know that video of that guy who was like punching the seat in front of him on that Delta flight or whatever. That's like no cycling on the internet right now. No. Yeah, well, she basically got the same look that that guy got. It was absolutely hilarious. What I was saying (laughs) is that because my sister and I have this rare disease that we have very specific medical trials designed to help this specific form of MD called Friedrich's ataxia. She and I are fairly mild in that we don't have a super high count of the repetition of the malformed gene in our DNA, or however you say it. Um, And so we are still progressively worsening, but normally um, somebody with MD or even Friedrich's ataxia Mm -hmm. at like a higher level is confined to a wheelchair by the age of 12. And she and I weren't even diagnosed until I was 22 and she was 18. To put it in layman's terms, we have a cute amount of... Well, it's cute, like, now. But it's fixin' to not be cute. Fixin'. Fixin'. Mm -hmm. That's how you know we're in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Well, no, it's finna. There it is. Finna not be cute. Yeah, and um, anyway, because we're as quote unquote mild as we are um trials want people that can still walk and move independently so that they can give you this medicine or treatment and sort of gauge how your movement changes because if you're already confined to a chair and you've atrophied somewhat you're not going to be able to benefit in an obvious physical way, because once a muscle atrophies, you know. All right, it's kind of game over. Yeah. yeah. So they want people whose muscles are still in play. And so she and I experienced the medical trial world. God, was that two years ago? Yeah, I feel like it was pretty early in our diagnosis. Like, mom was like, I want to get you all involved. And we discovered that at Emory in Atlanta, mm-hmm. there's a specialist in Friedrich's ataxia at their movement disorders clinic, uh, Dr. Wilmot, and I love him. And yeah. so she and I both, I guess, contacted the nurse in that program and she set us up to come down for an assessment fill out forms and to find out if we were approved for the trial I think is how it started Mm -hmm. and we did that um because we live in Chattanooga which is like a two-hour drive and 
we began this trial and this particular trial was for a pill that we would take and you have to take three pills a day i would take them at night i've always been really bad at consistently doing anything Mm -hmm. so taking a pill is not like my shtick yeah and consistently taking pills for me is not a huge problem like i'm super down with that life (laughs) so i was like cool guys so basically what happened not really in the wheelhouse anymore yeah (laughs) basically what happened was they would give us like six boxes three pill bottles a box Mm -hmm. and we would take them and then come back in like what two months maybe it was even once a month for a while it was fairly often i know yeah i feel like at some point it was every two weeks and that's why i was like this is so hard and, and i was working full-time and in grad school but my sister i was drunk all the time <laughs> it's really hard to <laughs> but i was pretty into it because we got to go to atlanta they would pay for your gas. Mm. They would pay for your hotel room. Well, and we used to go in. watch stand-up comedy every... Or no, no, improv. Remember? Mm. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah, so it actually did become like a fun thing for us. You guys like made a thing out of it. Right. It like, was always a, an It wasn't just a clinicals right. visit. No, yeah, we would go and like if we had our receipts from any restaurants we went to, we would save them and they'd reimburse us. So mm. it was like little free food free hotel room gas whatever and the only shitty part is really that we would have to go in to a clinic and the doctor would like give us a checkup like check out how (laughs) we're doing Uh, we'd have to do that walking test there was one time that you could not come with me because Miranda and I always tried to like schedule our visits together because that's not really something you want to do alone yeah um but there was one time Miranda could not go at the same time as I was going and so my friend Maddie came down with me and um we really made a thing out of it. And at this point, I had only done stand-up, like, once. And it wasn't even, like, at, like, a club. It was, like, at a house party. <laughs> and um, Maddie and I went down there. And we, you know, had a whole night before I had to be at Emory to do all the tests and stuff. So Maddie and I, like, went out like in an inappropriate way we were shit faced Mm -hmm. and um i just remember we ended up going to watch like some comedy at this place called the uh punchline (laughs) and is that that a really well-known comedy yes it's not i i just googled comedy like i was drunk already and um we go there and the last comedian he in the lineup like couldn't make it and so because it turns out it was kind of like a comedy club for comedians like everyone in the audience was also comedians so it was a tough crowd mm-hmm. they were like all right if you want to like fill this guy's spot that can't make it like put your name in this bucket and we'll do a pulling and Maddie looked at me and, I, and was like, and I was like, don't you fucking <laughs> dare. And I also had to pee at the same time this bucket was going around. So I went to the bathroom. I come back. I sit down. Maddie ordered me another drink. 
and they're up there pulling names and they pull, they go all right fiona collie and i was like what <laughs> what's happening again i'm i was not doing stand-up consistently so i go up there and i actually did really well it was shocking yeah. i was very scared couldn't feel my legs whole night <laughs> um it was those trips were like well the next day i had to go to the clinical trial we can get home until or home we can get back to the hotel room until like four in the morning (laughs) and so at like seven i had to be at emory and they'd take my blood and do all those things (laughs) and i remember the nurse was like your liver test (laughs) looks like it looked weird because I was like still had so much alcohol in my system from the night before and I got really concerned it turns out it was like because I was hungover but yeah uh, I'm fine Miranda has a problem I don't oh yeah I'm the addict (laughs) she's fine um but no those trips like we made them fun um but the shitty part was the actual like going in and being tested because I think that it made the disease that we have feel really real um and you know neurologists I think we have discussed before are traditionally just difficult doctors to deal with and they tend to be a little emotionless and very direct and so it often felt a little depressing like Mm-hmm. When I would want to hear, like, you're doing great, everything's better, it always felt like he was saying, well, you're not that bad yet, but it's happening. Right, <laughs> right. And I know that he was just trying to be straightforward, but anyway. Um, but yeah, we would have to do, like, walk 25 feet without help, and he would, like, run beside us to make sure Or, like, they had us do like, the DUI test foot thing. Yeah. He made, they made me do a Probably lot of... Probably because you were wasted. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, bitches. That, was, that actually was a, a field sobriety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, they made you blow into the breath. Like, hey, those weren't <laughs> doctors, dude. That was a blue <laughs> oh, officer. Uh-huh. That was a drug sniffing dog, not a therapy dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you thought you were. <laughs> anyway, um, but you no. You thought you were in a clinical trial. Turns out you were on the side of Highway 75. Yeah. But no, we kept doing it, and my sister stopped going at one point because she can flake a little bit. She's a little flaky. I'm scared of commitment. Uh huh. And I kept doing it because I don't know. I had no reason really to stop. I guess I. I don't know. I'm just. I was very scheduled at that point. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like I need my routine. Right. And um. I think that it was like four or five month long trial and what was cool I don't remember what phase that trial was in clinical trials normally happen in phases Mm -hmm. guys where like phase one they'll do a lower dose um they'll see if there was any positive benefit and if there was they move on to phase two which is the higher dose of the drug if the change is greater they move on to phase three and so on and um we were in a phase of the trial right before it reached orphan status. And what that means is that there had been enough versions of this trial going on that they had seen a statistically significant change in people with FA who took this drug. And 
the FDA takes forever to approve drugs. It takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. So you can get approved for something called orphan status where if you've been involved in the medical trial for these drugs, you get to take them even though it's not FDA approved. And because I followed through with the trial all the way to the end, when we found out that the FDA was still in the process of approving it, but there was enough positive change in people that the drug merited taking, um, they said, okay, Miranda, here you go. Come see us every six months. You get to take this. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh. But my sister uh, dropped out of the trial, so she has not <laughs> been on it. And so I have been on it for like a year and a half outside of a drug trial. Um, and I don't know. It's it's because our disease is so rare, I have no one to compare myself to. Right. So I believe that the doctors and scientists and whatever are correct when they say there was a significant change. Um, and so I'm going to believe them and that I'm probably doing better right now than I would have been had I not taken the drug. Cause why would I be allowed, you know what I mean? Right. To stay on it. But I have no one to compare myself to. So I don't know what I would look like right now otherwise, because there is literally not another human that I've met that has my gene count and my severity of this disease who is and my me. age yeah oh. my sister is really my okay, only okay bitch i got a story okay but let me say before she <laughs> talks about her trial <laughs> that my sister has been looking into another medical trial that she's going to talk about and because i was in this one oh, yeah. and i've been taking this drug for the last year and a half i would have to be clear from this current trial drug that I'm on for 90 days before they would even let me try something else. So I also tried to get into the one that she's been looking into, and that was a no-go. So, so you know, not all bad that it dropped out. Mm-hmm. Not all bad. Not all bad. Some not, might not bad even say I'm psychic. Mm-hmm. Some. You don't know them. No, nobody here. <laughs> Okay. Anyways. But, but the trial that you're looking into is only in phase two. No, phase Mm-mm. three. Yeah, it's in phase three. Oh, that ripple check told me phase two on the phone. I have a paper that says. Interesting. Oh, ripple. What a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that was recent. Like, we were up there for the screening last this past week. Right. It's in New Jersey, which is the furthest um, Miranda or I mm-hmm. have like gone for a trial so that was really weird um basically i had no idea you know i'm gonna assume everything's like my previous experiences but that was not the case at all like this trial is a lot harder to get into but it's more it's not pills explain no okay it's It's actually a shot into my stomach in your stomach? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a brainstem shot. No. Oh. No, 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 no. Shot into my gut. Oh. Uh-huh. Why your stomach? Uh. Because it's the most painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, basically, yeah. well, again, like Miranda said, uh, Miranda is the only person I've ever met, really, with this and vice versa. And then 
so Nick and I go all the way out there, and he's there to be, you know, with me, yada, yada, yada. And traveling was a breeze. (laughs) (laughs) No. We brought Lulu. Holy (laughs) shit. Never again. Never again. Mm. She did not poop on the plane, though, so that was very impressive. That actually was pretty heroic. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was. She was in pain. There was fear in both eyes. Poor baby. Oh, she did the baby. Um, okay. And anyway, so tra- travel was actually a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. But we ended up getting. But there. we get there, and then you know we're like finally there, you know, seven a.m. for the screening, and then they're like, "All right, it'll be like five or six hours of this," and they go, "So sorry, but your dog actually can't come back there, so Nick had to wait in the waiting room." For like five and a half hours. Poor Nick and Lulu. <laughs> I know. I sent him a sub. It's okay. She uh, did send me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but I went back there and I got to meet like nine people with our disease. How severe were they? Oh my God. Well, I, you know, I was in my scooter because I didn't have Nick with me, you know. Um... And it was kind of insane. Like, I went in uh, to this one room where they were all, like, hanging out together. And I was, like, they, it was clear that they were, like, you know, why why are you like this? Because, I mean, like, it was, like, uh, like speaking was really well, yeah, hard I, to so understand if we backtrack a little to the first medical trial oh that was my sister and i that was our first experience meeting other people with our disease because at emory they had a support group like an efridvix attack uh, oh, support yeah. group which was i don't know we wanted to attend it to like find out what they talked about like and be was, in the community but um it was it was a jarring experience because we went to the support group meeting and she and I were the only ones that walked in. Right. And And when you say walked in, you actually mean walked. Yeah. I mean there were multiple people in there who were really severe. Like there was a girl who straight up couldn't speak. Mm. Um I don't know. I just hadn't seen anybody with what we have, so I had no idea. Right. Well, like, as far as, like, we were concerned, you know, Myrna and I were, like, really, like, Like it can't get worse than Yes, like, we're so bad off, and I don't know. I, I had no real image in my head of what we would look like one day, and when we went into this meeting, I was... Just kind of honestly horrified, and I'm sorry to anyone right. with FA listening to this, but I had no idea, really. Right. I think it gave us a lot of perspective that we did not have. Yeah, and so I had trouble not stewing, honestly, and being like, oh my god. And I think that's fair, and again, it's not a comment on the people themselves, but like, you know, it's kind of like Miranda always says she is trying to be strong because she is a view of what I will be in four mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And so seeing just people with our exact thing, 
you know, a couple years older than Miranda mm-hmm. and older than me, it's scary because we're, we're like, terrifying. shit, like we thought this was kind of it, like mm-hmm. aware that it was progressive, but also but just like, like we are what this looks like. Right. And that's just not fucking true. Yeah, we found out we're like best case scenario. Right. We didn't know that. Well, when I was at this clinical trial doing the screening again. Okay. <laughs> when I was at this clinical trial doing the screening, like, I, I was trying to explain to Nick because he wasn't, you know, he couldn't even come in to meet anyone. I was stuck on the outside with your pup. <laughs> yeah. But it was just weird because it was like, you know, I came in and I was like, hey, we all have this thing. Like, I was being kind of, you know, friendly, trying to be conversational, but like... It was just like, you know, everyone had their quote-unquote caregivers with them, but Mm -hmm. it was like their mom or, you know, their husband or wife or whatever, but they were all men, Mm -hmm. um, except for one woman who had really late onset FA. Dude, fuck that. She had it. She got it in her 60s. No. She was a fucking firecracker, though. I but she was using a Actually, walker. Actually, no, not fuck that. I, maybe I would have preferred that. I think I would have preferred that. Yeah. She was better off than grandma with the Parkinson's. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's progressed very far yet. But she was using a walker to walk. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was, like, in a wheelchair to the point where it was, like, they were, like, buckled in. Right. And I was like, shit, man, you know. It's and, really upsetting to see him. Well, and then I'd, like, try to talk to one of the guys. Um. And I think, like, this guy's, he was in his 30s, probably, mm-hmm. or late 20s, but his mom was his caregiver, and I was talking to him, and I, like, had a hard time understanding him, but I knew what he was saying. Yeah. Before I could even respond, like, his mom would try to Ugh. interpret what he was saying, and I was like, I got it. Yeah. You know what that I mean? That would drive me fucking insane. Well, was he him. was covered in tattoos, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell he was, like... Not I, to be like tattoos make you cool, but like, you know, he lives life like right. outside of the disease, and right. like, you know, I was like, what do you guys do for a living? <laughs> you know, and I, the mom, like the quote unquote caregivers that were with these people, were just like asking me, you know, how old were you when you were diagnosed? Like your speech is so clear, I don't understand, like. You yeah. know, like, I was feeding myself, and that was shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but the craziest part was that the uh, actual screening test we were doing, um, everything, like, the nurses were always like, holy crap, like, you were doing so well. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. <laughs> you know? Like, I felt like I was, like, training for the Olympics, and they were like, you got it, dude. And Which is, like, a really good feeling, but also kind of scary for them to be like, wow. Right. Well, then there was the one test that we've done in the other trials where they're, like, try to stay on one foot for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I stood on one foot for, like, four or five seconds. And they were fucking freaking out, like, yeah. calling other nurses in the room to be like, look at it, this, and... 
they were like, we have never seen a patient even be able to attempt to stand on one foot. This Jesus. is insane. And then I did the 25-foot walk without... They wanted me to use a wheelchair, like a manual wheelchair or a walker. And right. I was like, no, I yeah. can do it. And they were like, what? And people like gathered to watch me. Yeah, the funniest Ugh. thing was like, we knew this was part of the screening process. This is one of the things that we actually knew about. We were completely wrong because we thought it was... You had to walk. You had to be able to move 25 feet unassisted. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was actually just you needed to be able to move 25 feet. Right. Like regardless of how. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, yeah, I'll just walk it. And that floored everybody, apparently. I thought that was mm-hmm. incredible. They don't, is it? I'm going to say this first time I've said this out loud, but like. It almost made me feel weird being there and then also having this like web series and podcast about like this disability mm-hmm. and how hard it is and shit because I'm like I felt like I was like sitting on my high horse. Right like we're fakers. Right like I'm over here like life is hard but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> you and know. we meet people who have our disease right. but like are living this really difficult life. Exactly and so but I did mean oh my god you would love these people i can't remember their names but they um it was a man who had uh the disease but he was probably the best Mm -hmm. like the least affected of everyone except for me Mm -hmm. and he was there with his wife and they were probably your age and he was in the manual wheelchair but like he could speak more clearly than Mm -hmm. everyone else and at some point I was asking one of the nurses, like, will you send one of the subs out to the guy in the waiting room, like, trying to get them Mm -hmm. to, you know, and one of the nurses paused back up and was like, is that your caregiver out there? And I didn't even have time to correct her. I was like, yeah. And then I turned back around to this man in the wheelchair and his wife, and I was like, I fucking hate, they keep calling my boyfriend my caregiver, and she goes, yeah, I hate when they call him my husband. (laughs) And they both just started laughing so so hard and like yeah I love that. Uh, he they just like had like a really great sense of humor about everything and it was super clear and i was like it's nice to know you know there are more people out there like uh, obvious that and they've been married been... for seven years mm-hmm. yeah and she was cute like mm-hmm. they were you know they were yeah. a cute couple i remember seeing i wish i had a chance to like actually talk to them and get to know that was the only person you met i barely even met them i spent Five, min- five minutes with them while we were all filling out paperwork silently. <laughs> that was my. That was the time I got to spend with them. But they sounded so cool, and I wish I could have met them. Hopefully, I'll meet them sometime soon. Yeah. Um, but no, I definitely, I think what is so emotionally jarring about clinical trials is, A, meeting people with your disease that kind of give you a very rare opportunity to compare yourself to other people with this disease that's upsetting because you're like what am what's going to happen to me Mm -hmm. oh my god and then another is being in a hospital environment where people know what your deal is and they treat you like you're fucked already right right like those are both the really upsetting and jarring parts of a medical trial. Well, and also, like, the degree that we have to rely on these clinical trials because mm-hmm. having a disease as no treatment or yeah. cure, mm-hmm. all we have is, like, the ability to be 
fucking test subject. Yeah. Like, this trial is the first time that humans uh, have been tested with this. And I know that because I was, like, trying really hard to get clarification on it. But that's scary. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like if you're not risking it, then, like, one, you're shit out of luck. And, two, you're not really helping the greater good. Yeah, you're not helping the greater good. And, like, again, the FDA approval process takes so fucking long that if you're not in a trial... You, you might not get a chance to be on the orphan status of a drug before you're so severely affected that it won't help you. Right. And so people like you and I, at least, feel this major, like, anxious push to do these things and mm-hmm. get it done now because we don't want to get left behind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But also the fucked up, the fucked upness. Mm-hmm. Sure. Of the fact that you are doing all the right things and in a trial. Mm-hmm. And because of that, mm-hmm. you cannot be in another trial. But I also understand just from the scientific perspective. Right, right. Like, we don't want the drug I'm already on to affect their outcome. Like a crossover. And again, like, I was bummed out to hear that I couldn't be in this phase because I would have to stop taking my drug for 90 days before they could even consider me. And then, oh shit, what if I stop taking it for three months and they realize I can't be a part of the next phase and now I fucked myself because I'm not on my previous trial drug and I can't get into this. Right, it's gambling. But, so I was bummed out. But I was also... I didn't think about... Sorry to interrupt. I didn't even think about that. Like, how being in one trial could not only screw over that trial, but screw over the upcoming trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say I that I'm that. happy that, at the very least, I am on a drug that they have seen real improvement in people. Like, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that it's helping people because it's literally in the orphan status. So, if it... It wouldn't have even made it that far if it weren't helping people. So I'm I'm bummed that I can't be a part of this one. But I'm also like, it's okay. I'm still on something. Right. So I actually have to drive to Atlanta in a couple of days for my next follow-up. And to get my next round of pills. I totally see this as us like dividing and conquering now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But even just that I can do that, side note, I'm 27 with this disease, and I can still drive by myself to Atlanta, get into the clinic by myself, talk to the doctor by myself. I, mm-hmm. I've done that all a few months ago, and I actually have to drive back to Chattanooga from Atlanta in time to go to work. So just, I know our listeners who know us especially may not understand how wild it is that someone my age with this disease is doing all of this alone but it is wild and mm-hmm. if you hear my sister's experience in new jersey with everyone being like oh, you uh, can lift one foot up like right. it's a big deal that someone as old as i am with this disease runs to atlanta for the morning to deal with shit and then comes back and goes to work all right even the fact that we can drive is pretty dope. yeah yeah, Fiona, you were telling me about 
like there were people that you met that couldn't keep eye contact mm-hmm. right because your eyes are a muscle there are right. so many things that like there's a word for that thing too where your eyes begin to shake. shake back and forth well, it like was really bad and the people at this trial i was like oh my goodness like a lot of them are like cross-eyed yeah i'm afraid of all of that yeah I know it's coming, and I'm just worried. It might not be. Maybe. Maybe we'll be fine. It's okay. I'll just have a shitty dream about this later. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy, man. Call back. Yeah, call call back. back. But so what are some of the things that we're hoping we'll see from these trials? Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about that. Do you want me to talk about? Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, so apparently the New Jersey trial that I'm in right, or I'm not in yet, but I'm trying to get into. The idea is is this shot that I only have to get once. Just so crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're actually putting uh, Frataxin into and my DNA. Listener, if you recall oh. our first episode, bet, yeah. our whole There's going to be a quiz at the end of the first yeah. episode. <laughs> our whole disease, Friedrich's ataxia, hinges on the fact that our mitochondria are not producing Frataxin, which is a protein that we need. Blah, 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 in order to make our proprioception nervous system function properly so that we can tell our muscles what to do and maintain balance and coordination. Right, but you guys have been listening, so you obviously know that. (laughs) Of course, so you all know this, don't you? There was no need for us to say that. Have you even thought about pulling up Google, I swear to God? Yeah. But anyway, so our problem at its core is our mitochondria don't it's produce not, Vertaxin. Yeah, so right. they're them injecting me with Vertaxin is, I guess, gene therapy at its core, right? Essentially. All right, but pretty freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and their hopes and what they saw in the animal trials that they did prior to this. Because they, like, induced Friedrich's ataxia in these animals and then tried to reverse it by injecting them with Fritaxin. Right. right? Um, and their goal and what they saw happen was by doing this, they were able to stop the progression entirely and just kind of freeze you at where you are. Mm-hmm. Which, we after really everything bad. I've seen, right. that is more than enough thing. Right. Yeah. That's, like, all I <laughs> Like, need. I'll shut up forever. Yeah, just let me freeze how I am. Just don't let me get worse. Right. Yeah, Fiona, you actually put that into a really easy to understand perspective for me when you were talking about the train. Like you said, what did you say? You said basically the goal of this, the primary goal of this clinical trial is to, like, if you picture yourself tied up on a train track (laughs) and Mm -hmm. there's a train coming at you, what this clinical trial does is press the pause button infinitely, indefinitely rather, on the train. So it doesn't untie you, but it gives you enough time to get yourself untied, possibly. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get untied, you still get to lay there. So <laughs> the idea is if they can freeze us in time in the progression, mm-hmm. then once they can reverse it, we'll have enough muscle, all that shit that Myrna was saying earlier, to get back to normal is what I'm hoping. Yeah. I was an art major, though, so my understanding of science <laughs> not at all. I was a lit major, so I'm also in that boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick! Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Here's the communications yep. major. We're all, why are we talking We're about all science? <laughs> but no, I mean, I agree. And my mom and sister are maintaining a lot more positivity than I am. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just desperately hoping to at least get to stay the way I am. How else do you think I can trick Nick into continuing <laughs> to date me? It's just like, one big magic be okay later. One big illusion. Uh-huh. But wasn't there a, a secondary thing that they were working on with the clinic? It yeah. wasn't like a confirmed thing, but they, they were like... They kind of were like, hush, hush. Yeah. So I'm just going to say this in the podcast. Um. <laughs> it's private. No one will listen to it. Do you hear that? It was a secret, but I'm saying a recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's why it's a funny It's thing. funny. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. Put, you know what? I'm going to put in a laugh track. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I'll you. make you count. You know what? Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, she basically said that, like, or no, it was the dude that was in charge of the trial. Um, he told me that what's cool about this trial specifically is, like, they know the main thing is stopping the progression, but something they're also, like, working on dual, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is the reversal, mm-hmm. like, giving back motor function and stuff that has been taken. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's like, they're, like, I don't want to say positive because, you know, it's a dangerous word. Um, as far as stopping the progression, that's pretty likely. They're confident about that. But, um, yeah, so they, they said A is stopping the progression and this, like, B thing that might just be happening because this thing might be so... Powerful? Yeah, I'm not doing a good job explaining like, this. Like, there, there's no guarantee of either of these things working, but there's one that has confidence and one that has hope. Mm-hmm. That's it. And he's, yeah. like, something that could also be happening is the giving back some motor skills. Yeah. Well, that would be super cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just praying to every god that exists that they at least let me pause where I am. I just want to do a cartwheel again. So yeah, that is. The <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's a cool like non-confirmed secondary goal of it actually starting to reverse the symptoms. Of yeah, it. not to like get anyone excited because this is all testing mm-hmm. research science. So they're not. Exci- they don't give a fuck. Don't stop. I know you didn't, but stop caring. Yeah. <laughs> You should y'all care never about gave us. A fuck about you, us. Y'all never gave a fuck about us. Y'all don't care about me. I don't care about y'all. Uh uh-uh. uh. Ain't never gave no shits. Never. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. It's oh. dangerous to care. Ew. <laughs> the scene kid, Miranda. Yeah. But that's really exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it's all exciting stuff, you know. How long is it going to take for for the drugs to actually take effect? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, if you take it on the first day, well, how there long? is that. I'm not. It's not like I'm taking. Anything. No, but theoretically, They're like if you took it on day in one, the stomach. Yeah. I don't know if they really even know. I think that's why it's still in this trial thing and why they would yeah. probably how often do you have to go back i uh, know okay that's the weirdest part so i went for the screening i'm gonna mm-hmm. find out early this upcoming week if i made it mm-hmm. <laughs> if i made it there to get me a date that i'd be flying back yeah. which is the end of march okay um and i'd be there for seven days two nights i sleep in the clinic mm. 
Um, and they watch me every night, blah, blah, blah. And then the rest of the time I sleep in the hotel there because they have to give me a phone call to check on me once a day. Um, and then that's it. I just go for seven days and then there's one at-home visit. They send a nurse here like 30 days after that. Um, but yeah. So they're hoping to see... I guess they would inject you and then wash you to make sure nothing crazy happened. And then it would be a month later they would see any changes. I think it sounds like it because after, well, um, I think it's like three months. They're kind of, because it's like intense watching me. And then a month up, I can't drink, smoke cigarettes, can't do anything. uh, Because they want to make sure everything's like settling. I don't Mm -hmm. know, science. Um, And then... 90 days later, a nurse comes okay. and checks on my vitals and stuff. But I think I can go back to, like, drinking. I still can't smoke cigarettes. Well, thank God you get to drink. I How know. Do do? I wouldn't have done this trial. Oh. <laughs> That's a lie. You wouldn't have done this podcast. I mean, <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um... Rock on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I get in. We'll let you know next week. Are there any other clinical trials that are on the horizon? Not, the, not that heard we have about. heard yeah. of, no. It's pretty small, but if you are a listener with a disease that is rare or uncured as of yet, you could probably Google your disease in medical trial or clinical trial and find something. Because I think it will make you feel better to get involved with any sort of movement mm-hmm. towards a cure for what you have. And they do pay you for doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but it, it does make you feel like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a pessimist like me, they this is really important so that I don't feel, at the very least, I feel like I'm doing something positive Mm-mm, for yeah. my disease beyond just learning to cope with the downslide. And you're an art major. <laughs> <laughs> How many um, clinicals have you been in, Miranda? Um, I've just been clinical in this trials. one clinical trial. and It's I've the just, same one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the same clinical trial that I was in two years ago, and I'm just still taking the drug. Because it was... And that's what you mean by, like, orphan? Yes, yes. So it's in orphan status because it's not yet approved by the FDA. Right, but but you still get to take it. Right, I get to take it because I was in the trial. I'm in full online to people. (laughs) What have you been saying? Girl, my memory is all fucked up. Okay, don't, don't. Not with me. I thought... No, yeah, Marinda gets to hold that card. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) How How many clinical trials have you been in, Fiona? Apparently one. Is that just the one? What the fuck did you think was going on? I thought it was three to four. They just felt so long, and I thought we were doing different things. Okay, your memory (laughs) is an asshole, because that makes no sense. Nick, I've been in one. I'm sorry I lied to you. (laughs) Yeah. No, we were just in the one with Riata Pharmaceuticals through Emory. And I'm still on the same drug. I think because we switched nurses, I thought they were different. So I thought I was dropping out of a different one. <laughs> mm, we never switched nurses. Rebecca retired way after the trial ended. That ruined my life. <laughs> but anyway, no, I've just been in this one and I'm still taking the drug. The 
cool thing is that during the trial, I didn't even know if I was on a placebo or not because it was placebo controlled. So I could have been on one. So is this one. Right. So you could be getting injected into your stomach for no reason. Well, do you know I'm partying on Wayne? Yeah, but no. now that it's an orphan status, I know for sure that I'm not on the placebo and I'm definitely taking the real drug and I have been for at least a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, so you could, if it gets to orphan status, even if you were part of the placebo group, you'd get the drug? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. As long as you were in the trial. Yeah. That's a good part. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we did it, folks. Another one in the books. Another one in the books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My sister doesn't remember. My sister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm done. I'm All done. Right. Thank, Thank you for you listening. For listening. <laughs> it has been exciting and educational. We'll see you next week. Next, we're going to tell you all the places to search for us. Yeah, you can find us on all the places. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to check out the web series on YouTube. New episodes of that come out every single Wednesday at 9 a.m. And this podcast that you're listening to right now comes out every Sunday at 9 a.m. Local time. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.